Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. This episode is sponsored by italki which is a service that you can use to develop your fluency in English by talking to native speakers online. Uh, to get some speaking time and claim an italki voucher worth 100 italki credits, just go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. Now then, here's a new episode. This one is episode 400 and it's a sequel to the Pink Gorilla story. Yes! Here we go then. Here's the jingle. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello there. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. And here it is, episode number 400. Yes, no huge fanfare, da, 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 no massive fanfare, just episode 400. And here it is. You're actually listening to it right now. It's actually happening. Uh, for a while, I've been wondering what to do for episode 400. To be honest, you know, it hadn't been a big thing in my mind because most of the time I'm just thinking about which episode I'm going to do next. And I'm just preparing that. But here it is. It's arrived fairly quickly, faster than I expected. Um, and... Um, I mean, I've in episode 300, I went on quite a lot about, oh, it's magical to be doing the podcast and I can't believe I've got to 300 episodes and all that kind of thing. No need to uh, sort of reestablish all that stuff. No need to go on about it too long. So I'm not going to do that. What I've decided to do in this episode is just have a bit of fun, okay? Uh, and the idea is that I'm going to improvise a story. I'm just going to make up a story on the spot, I'm going to do one of those episodes where I just make up an improvised story. If you're a long-term listener to this podcast, then you will have heard me do this a number of times before, but I haven't done it recently. I can't remember the last time I did this, actually. But uh, So if you're fairly new, if you've only listened to the last, what, probably 50 episodes or maybe a bit more, then you might not have heard uh, episodes where I just make up a story. But this is going to be one of them, all right? Now, why am I doing that in episode 400? Well, for me, this is maybe when I have the most amount of fun on the podcast. I mean, I, I always enjoy doing the podcast. It's always fun. But I thought that since I got to episode 400, I would just, you know, just let's have a break. Okay, let's just have a bit of fun. Um, so um, this one is, is actually the sequel to the Pink Gorilla story that I did a few years ago. And that's, that's a cult episode. I think. I think it's fair to say that's a cult episode, meaning that um, uh, that is the favorite episode of a, of a sort of a select uh, core group of, of uh, my listeners. Uh, that, uh, that out of all the people who listen to that, some people absolutely love it. And personally, I enjoyed it too. The main reason is because I just had lots of fun just making up some funny, stupid stuff off the top of my head because that's very liberating. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do, a sequel to that. 
Um, now, I've been meaning to do this sequel for ages, but just for one reason or another, I never got round to it. But here it is, the sequel to the Pink Gorilla story. Um, now, it might be a good idea for you to listen to part one of this story first, you know? Might, you, you might want to go back to episode 125 and listen to the Pink Gorilla story first. It's a long, rambling, ridiculous story. Uh, in fact, the story begins at about 16 minutes into that episode. So if you just want the story, uh, part one, go to the 16-minute uh, section and then listen from there uh, and you'll get part one. I'm going to summarize part one in a moment. Um, um, but um, obviously, you don't have to listen to part one because I'm going to summarize it and then you'll hear the, the whole thing. So the Pink Gorilla story is basically a shaggy dog story, even though it it, it uh, involves a gorilla and not a dog. What's a shaggy dog story, Luke? Well, a shaggy dog story is a kind of typical joke structure, all right? It's a, it's a sort of type of joke. If I type shaggy dog story into the internet, you know about the internet, right? Um, okay, so if, if I search uh, the internet for shaggy dog story, then uh, Google tells me that a shaggy dog story is a long, rambling story or joke, typically one that is amusing only because it is absurdly inconsequential or pointless, which I think perfectly sums it up, really. And you'll see there that it's a an established uh, uh, formula uh, for jokes. So this is one of those, a shaggy dog story. So it's going to be a long, rambling load of nonsense. Okay. Let's not introduce it uh, too much. Now, the point of this is fun and uh, just the excuse to just sort of uh, uh, make up some stuff on the spot. Now, I think the spirit of this kind of episode does actually relate to learning English. And I'm going to take a couple of minutes to try and explain that. All right. Now, when you're learning a language or when you are, let's say, coming up with ideas or trying to be creative, um, for me... An important part of that process is to, at certain times, switch off the editor that you have in your head. You might have heard me talk about this idea before. I think it's actually quite a useful principle uh, for generating ideas and for being creative and for liberating yourself a bit. So you switch off the editor in your head. That means that the, that the editor is like this. It, I learned about this from doing comedy um, the editor in your head is like this voice that sort of goes, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. No, oh, you can't say that. Don't do that. You'll look ridiculous. Don't do that. You know, you, you know, it's like a restricting uh, voice in your head, which is sort of stopping you from, from kind of moving outside your comfort zone. It's a restricting, negative, limiting um, sense in your head. Okay. Now, that's very useful for generating creative ideas if you switch that off, because then suddenly... You kind of you become liberated, and actually, a lot of the the creative stuff that's inside you can come out. And you know, if you just switch off the fear of like you know what people are going to think, just forget about that, and give yourself a chance to be creative. Now, that's good for cr coming up with creative things like generating ideas for stories or whatever, uh, or comedy or whatever it is. Um, but for language learning. Obviously, it's important to have a, a fairly regi uh, regimented, structured approach to learning a language, as we've established, that you need things like a learning system or a, a routine for learning a language, and you need um, you know, to sort of study the grammar, and you need to keep a vocabulary notebook and all that kind of thing. Um, and you know, 
that sort of structured approach is very important. But there are times when it might be necessary to just throw everything out of the window, especially when you are practicing your speaking. Uh, just throw all that stuff out the window, all the fear of failure, all of the grammar rules that are dominating your thoughts and stuff. Just throw it all out of the window for the benefit of the liberation that you would get from turning off your editor because that you will find actually is very liberating and relaxing and that is the zone in which you can really improve your fluency and your confidence, all right? So I'm doing this story in the spirit of that idea that it can actually be very healthy and very liberating to just throw off the sort of shackles of grammar and stuff like that sometimes. I'm not saying all the time, but, you know, and play. Play around with language and just play around in a safe way. You might have, for example, a class a group of people who are who you're learning English with, maybe in a in a in a class or something, uh, and it, hopefully, if you're lucky, then everyone is like very non-judgmental, and you're all sort of uh, willing to have fun and and take risks and things. You could try sort of switching off your editor in that situation. Maybe you've got a one-to-one -one teacher or a language partner and you could suggest that you just spend half an hour just talking about whatever or making up a story or whatever you like uh, and just switching off the editor. If you don't have anyone to talk to, you can write. You could just try and let your ideas spill out onto the page without restricting them at all. And then later on, you can go back and you can edit and you can, you know, analyze what you came up with. But what I'm focusing on here is just the process of coming up with ideas through play, just playing around it for fun, all right? And don't underestimate the power of play and the importance of fun in being creative and the importance of being creative in the learning of a language, all right? So that's why I'm doing this. I'm doing this in the spirit of those ideas. All right, then. So what I should do right now, and by the way, I'm just standing here in my... Uh, I'm standing here in my flat. I've got the microphone on a long cable and I'm st actually standing up for this one and moving around while I'm doing it, which is quite nice because I can kind of like walk around. I don't know if you can hear my steps, the steps of my feet. Anyway, right, so the Pink Gorilla Story Part 1. Here's a recap previously on the Pink Gorilla Story. So in Part 1, what happened? Um, so Part 1, uh, uh, the story uh, it started with me living in London and it was a difficult time in my life. I was working in a language school teaching English. By the way, this is, this is all just uh, made up nonsense. None of this is actually true. It's not, it's not based on a true story or anything like that. It's pure fiction. So at the beginning of part one, I was working in a language school in London. And, uh, you know, it was a difficult time of my life. Struggling, you know, working hard in my job as an English teacher. I was teaching a group of mafia hitmen how to threaten people in English, if you remember. Um, and they were nice students, but it was a tough job, you know, a nine-to-five slog. And I remember I got, I, I got sacked from the job. My boss uh, misunderstood something and thought that I was insulting the students. And he thought that I'd told them all to shut up and just do grammar. Shut up and do your grammar. That's what he thought. And so he, he fired me. He had to let me go. He's like, Luke, I'm going to have to let you go. And I was like... Okay, what does that mean? He's like, it means I'm firing you. And I was like, oh God, really? So I was, I was destitute, I was on the street, I didn't have any money. 
I was wandering around the streets of London. Stuff happened. Eventually, I met this rich gentleman named Daniel Lazenby Smythe. And Daniel Lazenby Smythe took pity on me and uh, brought me back to his huge Victorian-style mansion, this massive sort of uh, uh, mock mock medieval castle in London, because he was one of the richest men in London. And Daniel Lazenby Smythe, it turned out, was an eccentric gentleman who who specialised in collecting rare and endangered animal species. And Daniel uh, gave me a job in his uh, zoo that he had in the basement. So I was there, I'd clean out all the cages and stuff like that. Uh, and, uh, and Daniel said to me, Luke, just make sure that you don't go to the cage at the end of the corridor, right? And there, Because there was a cage at the end of the corridor with a curtain across it. And Daniel was adamant that I uh, shouldn't go and look in that cage because uh, it was extremely dangerous. So obviously this caught my curiosity. And then every night I would lie in, in my bed, in my quarters where I was staying in the house, thinking about what was in that cage. And one night I plucked up the courage to go downstairs and uh, I pulled back the curtain. And there behind the curtain was this huge, hideous, massive monster, a huge gorilla, uh, not just a, a gorilla, a pink gorilla, pink fur. What the hell is this? And the gorilla stretched out his hand to me. And I remember the words of Daniel saying, you must never touch the animal that is in that cage. It's extremely dangerous. But the pink gorilla held out his hand to me, um, tempting me to touch him, to tempt fate. And I was like, oh, God, what am I going to do? Oh, I suppose for the benefit of this story, I better touch the gorilla and see what happens. So I touched the gorilla. The gorilla went absolutely mental, absolutely crazy. Started pulling apart the bars of the cage. I legged it. I ran out, ran away. The gorilla chased me. Uh, what happened next was a hilarious set of uh, events in which uh, the gorilla chased me through the streets of London. And I, we hop, I hopped onto various forms of transport to escape, but the gorilla kept chasing after me. And we went from transport to transport system and eventually uh, onto a plane. And there was the pink gorilla hanging onto the wing of the plane. And we flew out into the middle of nowhere and the plane landed in the North Pole. You know, uh, yeah, it's not normal, but this one did. It landed in the North Pole. I jumped off the plane and ran away. The pink gorilla kept chasing me and chasing me across the the Arctic uh, wasteland of the North Pole. And um, eventually I got stranded, trapped on an iceberg, floating out in the water. And the gorilla jumped onto the iceberg. And I was like, oh, God, no, no, surely this can't be the end. I've got so much to give. And the gorilla came up to me, uh, reached out his hand, and touched me and said, tag, you're it. And I was like, what, really? That's the punchline to this joke, really? What a huge anticlimax. I'm sure even some of my audience probably don't even know what that means. And the gorilla was like, well, I don't care. I'm off. See ya. And the gorilla ran away. And uh, I had to explain to all the audience of people listening to, to it that uh, tag is a game that you play as children, you see. You touch someone, then you run away, and they have to chase you and touch you. And they go, tag, you're it. And if you're it, you have to chase them. I was like, I can't believe this whole story was just a huge game of tag. Um, you know, it's, it, was, it seemed so predictable. Why didn't I guess? Anyway, th- what happened at the end was that uh, the gorilla ran towards uh, an aeroplane, which happened to be uh, just taxiing, uh, taxiing around the airport, ready to take off. 
the gorilla jumped into the airplane and I was like, well, what am I going to do now? I suppose uh, I better carry on this game of tag that I've been involved in then. Uh, what else am I going to do? So I jumped onto the wing of the plane and the plane took off and uh, flew off into the sunset. Okay, so that's what happened at, at the end of episode one. Um, and so here we go. Let's con- let's continue the story uh, from that point. So here it is. Finally, the sequel to the Pink Gorilla story. And it's going to begin now. So, um, so what happened was, there I was holding onto the wing of the plane as it flew through the air. And lo- I looked towards the windows of the plane. I could see the pink gorilla sitting there in comfort, in first class. He had a first class seat. The bastard. He had a first class seat. He, looked, he was sitting there and he had a glass of champagne, loads of leg room. Unbelievable. I was like, how did he get first class? Unbelievable. It didn't look like he'd booked a ticket and straight into first class. He must have got upgraded. I I never get upgraded, the bloody bastard. I'm going to get him. I could see the pink gorilla and he turned and looked at me through the window and stuck his two fingers up at me and stuck out his tongue. I was like, oh, the bloody pink gorilla. I can't wait to get him. I'm going to get him. I'm going to tag him and then I'll be happy. That's what I was thinking as I was stuck to the wing. Admittedly, it was getting a bit cold up there as well. Um, I don't know how many thousand uh, meters up into the air I was, but it was pretty cold. I mean, it was already cold on the North Pole, let alone flying uh, at a high altitude, uh, hanging onto the wing of uh, an airplane. But anyway, I hung on and I kept looking out through the window and I, I looked through the window again into the plane, but the gorilla had gone. I'm like, where is, where's he gone? Because I was thinking, as soon as we land, I'm going to run and chase that gorilla and tag him, and then I'll be the best. You know, that's what I, that was my plan. I looked through the window. The, the gorilla had gone. I looked through the other windows. I could see him walking down the plane. I was thinking, hello, what's he doing? And then I could see he was wearing like a parachute on a, in a backpack on his back. And I was like, no, he's going to make a break for it. And sure enough, the door opened, the back door opened, um, and he leapt out of the plane and did a big free-fall skydive below us through the clouds. And I just at the last minute, I saw his parachute open. And he floated off down towards the earth. No! That's what I shouted. No! Like that. No! Yes. Yes, no. Um, and uh, I thought, oh, that's it. He's, he's escaped from me. What am I going to do? Because I didn't have a parachute, you see. I would have leapt off the wing and flown down like, in, like James Bond towards him but I didn't have a parachute and I thought well I know that I'm making up this story and basically I can choose what happens but I'm not going to risk it I'll 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 uh, hold on to the wing until we land I'll get back to London I'll go to an internet cafe <laughs> even though I've got the internet at home on my phone because this is after all 2016 and no one actually uses internet cafes anymore really anyway but I'll go to an internet cafe like Jason Bourne in the Bourne movies, and I'll sit there and I'll Google the pink gorilla and I'll, I'll plan my, my method of hunting him down, okay? I'll use my Jason Bourne, Jason Bourne James Bond uh, skills, uh, my ninja Jedi skills, and I'll capture him somewhere. In a, I'll track him down. I will hunt him down. I will track him down, and I will find him, and I will tag him. That's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, I've seen Taken. I've seen Taken 2. I've seen Taken 3. I've seen all the Taken films. 
Nothing's going to stop me from tracking down this stupid pink gorilla and tagging him. Okay, that was the plan. We landed, the plane landed, um, and I unattached, I was, the, the airport staff unattached to me from the, pl- from the wing uh, and sort of just left me on the runway. And after about 12 hours, I defrosted and uh, made my way uh, back into London in order to try and hunt down uh, any evidence of this pink gorilla. And so my first stop was like, right, before I go to the internet cafe and do a bit of Googling, I think I'm going to retrace my steps and visit some of the spots uh, where the gorilla and I went in the last episode of this uh, this ridiculous story, you know, because I thought I'll go back to the... S- to the scenes of those uh, of that story and see if I can collect any evidence that will tell me more about this hideous and ridiculous pink gorilla and then maybe I can find where he's gone what he's doing what he wants and all that sort of thing so um, I went into town and uh, there were various scenes of destruction still left over from when the pink gorilla had chased me like smashed up taxis and uh, a pair of glasses broken on the ground I don't know whose they were. Uh, Woody Allen's glasses on the floor smashed. Uh, And I was like, right, I'll I'll tell you what, I'll go to the police station. So I went into the police station. I thought maybe they can help me. So I went in and I went up to the glass screen and there was a police officer sitting behind the glass counter and I I knocked on the window. And the police officer was like, hello. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. This is the police office, police station. How can I help you? What's the nature of the inquiry? And I said, um, I don't know how to put this. I'm looking for uh, a, a pink uh, gorilla. I'm looking for a gorilla. And he's like, what is it? Escaped gorilla? Another escaped gorilla? That's it. Another escaped gorilla. Bring the rifle. He's like, no, 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 no. No, no. No need to get the rifle. It's okay. That's fine. Just, um, it's not an escaped gorilla. I'm just looking for, uh, it's a particular, it's a pink gorilla. Have you seen, have you heard any reports of a pink gorilla? It's like, what is it? Another pink gorilla incident? Oh, yeah, everyone's got a pink gorilla chasing them these days. Bloody pink gorillas. You've got to round them up, I reckon. Lock, lock them all up, these bloody multicoloured uh, primates. Oh, yes, all these, these coloured primates. They're up to no good. I think we need to just round them all up and lock them all up. And I was like, this is sounding a little bit dodgy. Um, there's a slightly weird undertone here in, in the police station. What's going on? It's like, well, I tell you what source of all society's problems, these bloody coloured gorillas. I think we need to go back from where they came from. I was like, yeah, that's it. It's a weird racist undertone here in the police station. He's like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, police station, that's it. Get these bloody coloured gorillas. I was like, so you have have heard reports of the gorillas? Yeah, bloody things. And at that point, the guy's senior officer arrived and was like, "Um, I think it's time for you to step down, uh, Johnson, uh, Mr. Johnson. Uh, Steve Johnson, uh, Police Constable Johnson, I think you should step aside now because uh, that's enough of that kind of vaguely racist uh, uh, rhetoric. We've had enough of that recently in the world. Time for you to step down. Okay, off you go. So the, the more responsible police officer took over, the one without the slightly weird satirical uh, uh, edge to him. And I was like, right, officer, can you help me? I'm looking for a pink gorilla. And he's like, well, yeah, we did see some reports of a pink gorilla in the area uh, some time ago, but uh, ever since then, the... Uh, uh, nothing. No evidence at all. We don't know where he is. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, well, and he's like, he said to me, so what is, what is it then? What's, what's, what's going on? What's happening? 
Why are you looking for a pink gorilla? Are you, uh, were you involved in the, the pink gorilla chase incident that happened in this area not so long ago? Uh, and I said to him, all right, I admit it, officer, that was me. The, the pink gorilla was chasing me. I don't know why. It wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault, officer. I'm sorry for the damage that was caused. And he said, well, you may be sorry, uh, Mr. Thompson, or whatever your name is. I said, yeah, that's Mr. Th- it's Mr. Thompson. How did you know that? He's like, well, this is a made-up story. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to conform to normal logic. Okay, I said, fine. So what's the, what's the situation, officer? What are the charges I face? And he said, well... We like to take a reasonable and lenient approach uh, on matters like this, on uh, obscure, uh, surreal animal chase situations. So we think it's only fair for you to visit some of the people uh, who were affected by your story last time and maybe just apologise and clean up any damage. And I said, OK, that sounds fair enough. Thanks, officer. Thanks for thanks for being lenient on me. Um so I went round visiting different places, visiting local shopkeepers, uh, 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 lollipop ladies, and other members of the community to apologise. I went to the local primary school and did a an amusing uh, TED talk uh, about uh, the dangers of uh, being chased by uh, pink apes, and um, they all appreciated it. You know, I did my community service, and it was all good. I went back to the bank. I don't remember the name of the bank that I originally went to uh, in the first story, but I went back and I went in. I was like, um, hello, can I speak to the manager, please? And the manager was like, yes, hello, Mr. Thompson. Hello, welcome back. Um, listen, um, yes, the pink gorilla thing. Um, look, the thing is that uh, here at the bank, we lost a great deal of money in that incident. Um, Yes, uh, that's right. A huge amount of money was lost. Uh, a massive debt crisis here at the bank, uh, directly as a result of your actions. And that's why we think that you should be responsible for it. It's nothing to do with the uh, uh, irresponsible uh, investment uh, schemes that we had in place. No, it's purely as a direct consequence to the stupidness of the story that you created that uh, the global economy has been suffering ever since. So uh, it's only fair that you recover all of that debt. Uh, So we're going to need you to go out there and find a job. And then all of your money and all your assets will be uh, handed over to the bank. Uh, and, uh, And I said, really, that seems a bit extreme. Are you sure? And he said, well, what this story needs, uh, Luke, and he, he kind of took me to one side and he said, what this story really needs is um, some dramatic impulse to push the narrative forwards, you know? And I said, well, I am, I am searching for the pink gorilla. It's the hunt for the pink gorilla. I'm searching for the pink gorilla. It's like a mystery. Where is he? Oh, how am I going to find him? I'm like a private detective. You know, it's that kind of thing, that kind of story. There is, there's already a narrative impulse. And he said, well, we, we here at the bank, have, we, we think otherwise. We think the story is, is really sort of uh, uh, random and not moving forwards fast enough. In fact, it could be described as self-indulgent at this point. So we think that we need extra impetus there to just push you forward also. We think that stories like this tend to work best when the protagonist is uh, up against it all, you know, when uh, all of the conditions seem to be working against him. That's the sort of thing that makes this makes stories like this really successful, because that way the uh, all of the people listening or reading will uh, will get behind you and uh, you'll find that uh, it just makes it more dynamic. OK, so, yes, we really are going to have to f- put all that debt on your shoulders 
just in order to raise the stakes of the the, the dramatic elements of this story, okay? And uh, so just to reaffirm that, if you don't pay the debt back uh, in the next uh, ooh, half an hour, then we will be forced to institute legal proceedings against you, which could involve us uh, punching your teeth down your throat uh, and uh, kicking you in the backside uh, until uh, your backside has become flat like a pancake, okay? And that's, that's only the beginning. Also, we'll need to take everything you've ever earned uh, and that sort of thing, okay? It's banking stuff. We're evil. We're bankers. Oh, evil bankers. And I was like, oh, okay. All right, I get it. All right, then. So basically, I need to get loads of money. And he was like, yes. What you need to do is before you find that gorilla, and maybe, you know, maybe what you could do when you find it is you could kidnap it and sell it and use the money to pay off your debts. Just an idea. And I said, that's pretty good. Uh, but main thing, I need money. So I thought, right. Okay. Thanks, bank manager. You're Thanks for nothing. Uh, thanks for sort of pushing the story forwards a little bit. It's time to go and get some money then. <laughs> so I went out and, uh, and I thought, right, well, I'm going to need to earn some money. How can I do that? I can, I'll just do what I know best. The only thing I can really do, and that's teach English. Uh, so I thought, right, I better go back to the English school. So I made my way back to Oxford Street, which is where I used to work in the English school and I went in and I, I went up to the, I went up to the uh, English school and to the location. I was like, hello, this is a bit weird. The school's changed. The name of the school has changed. In fact, the, the whole branding of the school had changed and it was no longer the Oxford Street School of English. They'd changed it to the Pink Gorilla School of English. And I thought, hello, what's all this about? The Pink Gorilla School of English? And I thought, right, I better investigate. So I, I paced into the building and um, I could look through the windows and see the classrooms and all the students were there with their pink gorilla pens and their pink gorilla notebooks and pink gorilla textbooks. And they were watching a pink gorilla video. And the teacher was there dressed as a pink gorilla in a pink gorilla outfit, you know, sort of monkeying around in front of them teaching. And I was like, hello, what's all this about? Pink gorilla school of English. And all the classrooms were the same. All the students had pink gorilla uh, uh, stationery. And it's all pink gorilla themed. Like, what, what's, what are they doing? I went into the office to see the, my former boss and I knocked on the door. Knock, 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 knock. And he said, um, why are you doing that? And I said, what do you mean? Why are you saying knock, knock, knock? And I was like, I'm not. I'm knocking on the door. Oh, I see. I didn't realize. Anyway, come in. So I went in and, uh, and I said, look, uh, I was just wondering if you had any work available. And he's like, Luke, you're back. Oh, it's fantastic to see you. Look, that pink gorilla thing was really great. It's really, really good. I mean, that's like a revolution in English teaching. I mean, we've that changed everything. And uh, ever since then, we've been using the pink gorilla technique in our classes. And it's working really, really well. They, they love the pink gorilla stuff. They're Not all of them, admittedly. But the, the, the people who do love it, they really love it. And we find it really works. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's, that's great. Um, I just, the thing is, I don't remember giving you the permission to use the whole pink gorilla thing uh, for your whole business. That's all. It's like, well, you know, we, we do have to thank you, Luke, and we do. We really do. And in fact, in order to thank you, we'd like to offer you a position here. I'd like to apologize for letting you go before. We'd like you back here amongst us within the fold in order to uh, contribute your unique uh, teaching skills to the Pink Gorilla School of English. And I was like, great, this is exactly what I was looking for. 
although I do feel a slight sense of uh, reservation here because it feels like I'm moving backwards in my career. And also, it doesn't feel like I'm being um, credited for uh, the branding of this school. Um, but anyway, wh what's the offer? And he said, well, what we'd like you to do, Luke, is uh, teach, teach, teach like the wind. Uh, and I said, what are you talking about? And he went, just teach, just teach with enthusiasm. Right, okay. What are the conditions? And he said, well, you'll be teaching, what we're going to do, Luke, is cram you into a tiny, uh, a tiny box-like room with no uh, air conditioning um, and no windows uh, and virtually no resources. And we will then squeeze as many students in there as possible, like sardines. Uh, and uh, that will be on, a, on an ad hoc basis, by the way. Uh, that means that we can just throw any students in there at any time we like, uh, regardless of their language level. Okay, just the usual system. And then um, you'll be working uh, solidly uh, without lunch or breakfast or dinner or water or air or toilet breaks. In fact, no resources available to you at all. You'll be squashed into a tiny shoebox, okay, with all the other students. And you'll have to teach English for, uh, for 25 hours a day. I was like, 25 hours a day? There's only 24 in the day. And he's like, well, that's up to you to work out. And you're a creative teacher. I'm sure you'll find a way around it. And I was like, okay, uh, what about the remuneration package? And he said, well, all the money is going to be funneled from your work. Uh, funneled, I said. What are you talking about? Yeah, funneled. Don't ask questions, Luke. Just this is, this is the language we use these days. The, the funds will be funneled directly from your, your work, uh, directly to the bank, okay? Because they've already been in touch with us. They've pre-warned us. What do you mean pre-warned? Doesn't warned mean... It means the sort of notified in advance, doesn't it? Yes, but they notified us in advance, in advance. So they, what, they pre-warned you in advance? Yes, absolutely. Many layers of warning. So we knew you were coming. We saw you coming, Luke. Um, and so if you'd like to begin, there's... There's a, there's a tiny matchbox there just in the corner of the room. If you could climb inside that and start teaching, that would be great. Thank you. And I said, um, you know what? You know what, Mr. Boss Man guy, the man, you know, the man, you, boss man, boss man, yes. You can take your job and you can stuff it up your bum, okay? Because I don't want to do it. I'm not doing that anymore, all right? I'm not going to squeeze inside a thimble or whatever it is you need me to do. I mean, sure, I love teaching and I think it's important and I get a kick out of it, man. But you can't shove me into, a, into the end of a match head and expect to earn a living. What kind of life is that? What kind? I know there's been a banking crisis. I know that somehow there's been a huge conspiracy to blame it all on me because of this pink gorilla thing, even though you've based your entire business around the whole, the whole idea of it. But this doesn't seem fair. So no, I'm sorry. But I'm out, all right? So with that, I, I stormed out of the building. I was like, right, I'm back on the streets of London again. I've got no money, and I desperately need to find that bloody pink gorilla just so that I can end this story. What am I going to do? Uh, and uh, so I stormed around. I stormed around. I was like, oh, God, what am I going to do now? Uh, I owe so much money for the damage and all that sort of thing. Um, now, uh, what I did then at that point was like, right, to the internet cafe. So I went to the internet cafe, did a lot of Google searches. I was like, what, how am I going to find the, the, this bloody pink gorilla? And, you know, and I was like, maybe, maybe I can call the banana hotline. And I was like, maybe I'll call the banana hotline. So I went to a supermarket, went into a supermarket, picked up a banana. 
I was like, right, I've never actually called the banana hotline before. Let's try this. And I was do, 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 do on the side of the banana. Because you can do that. I don't know if you knew that. Just pick up a banana and do, 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 do. You just do that on the side of it. And you get through to the banana hotline. So I was like, do, 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 do. Hello, you're through to the banana hotline. For banana-based bum situations, press one. For banana inquiries, press two. For all other related incidents, hold the line. I was like, right, well, it's not a banana-based bum inquiry. It's not, a, it's not really banana-related. It's other incidents. I'll hold the line. So I held the line. And it was like, Doo-k. hello, you're through to the banana hotline. How can I help you? Uh, hello. Um, banana hotline. Right. Um, so I, the thing is that I'm looking for... It's not, it's not really a banana-related inquiry. She was like, it's not a banana-related inquiry, then why are you calling the banana hotline? I was, and I said, well, it's sort of vaguely banana-related. You know, well, I'm looking for a gorilla. I'm looking for the pink gorilla. Have you seen the pink gorilla? She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, the pink gorilla, it's, you've never listened to the episode? You don't know? You, you never listened to episode 125? She's like, no, you've lost me. I've no idea what's going on. In fact, this is a quite a radical departure from the normal style of podcasting you do these days. So I really don't know what's going on. And I said, what, did, what, didn't you listen to the beginning of this episode when I said it was episode 400 and it's just a bit of fun? It's just an improvised story, right? It's just for fun. She's like, no, I don't, don't really understand why this is happening. And I said, well, look, thanks for your help anyway, but um, I suggest that you just maybe listen to episode 125 and it might make a bit more sense. Okay, what was your name? Sorry, uh, my name's Sandra. Okay, Sandra, thanks very much. Um, I'll, I'll be notifying your uh, your employers about this phone call. She said, what? Yeah, I said, I'll be notifying your employers just uh, about the nature of this call because I don't think you've been very helpful. And she said, no, they d- don't do that, please. Don't, don't do that. Uh, oh, yeah, it's brilliant. I love it. Oh, the, the pink gorilla story. Yes, it's hilarious. <laughs> I was like, all right, Sandra, no need to be sarcastic. Thanks for your help. <coughs> like, damn, bloody banana hotline didn't help. Now what am I going to do? Um, so and then I just started walking the streets, started walking the streets. And, um, and then I thought, ah, one thing I forgot. I didn't check my Facebook status. Maybe I've had lots of notifications. Because, uh, you know, it's been a long time. Maybe people have been sending me messages. Maybe that will turn up some sort of clue as to the location of this uh, multi, this brightly coloured primate that I'm attempting to track down uh, just for the benefit of this silly story. Uh, and uh, so I went back to the internet cafe and checked my Facebook. And sure enough, there was, there was one single notification on my Facebook. Because I don't have many friends. You know, none of them contact me. Just one friend requ- friend request. That's not how you say that. I'll start that again. There was just one friend request, not a friend request. I don't know what that is. Anyway, uh, there was one friend request on Facebook. So I was like, hello, friend request. What's going on? Clicked it. Guess who it was? Yeah, that's right. It, no, it wasn't him. No, no, it wasn't her either, no. No, it, no, it, you know who it was? It was, mis, it was a, and I quote, it was a Mr. P.G. Arilla. I was like, what? P.G. Arilla? Who's this? I'll check out the photos. I looked at the photos and there he was, the bloody pink gorilla in all the pictures, lots of selfies from all around the world. I checked through all the photos, 
There were selfies from all these different locations around the world. Like, What's going on? Where is he? There was a picture of picture of him in Beijing, picture of him in Moscow, in, in Red Square in Moscow, picture of him in Seoul, in Korea, in Shanghai, in, in Madrid, in Spain, in St. Petersburg, in Warsaw, in uh, Kiev, in uh, Osaka, in uh, Sydney, in uh, Chengdu, Shenzhen, Melbourne, random locations around the world. Uh, and then the most recent pictures were of him in Japan, in Tokyo, uh, in, uh, in Kyoto, and Osaka, which I already mentioned. Uh, there he was, lots of selfies in Japan with all these Japanese people around him with their fingers up like that, ah, like that. And I thought, oh my God, he's in Japan, isn't he? He's in Tokyo. Right, what am I going to do? I need to get to Tokyo. But how am I going to do that? I've got no money. How can I afford to do that? Even though I could just make up some bizarre means of transport. Uh, but anyway, I know what I'll do. I'll go and visit my old friend, Daniel Lazenby Smythe. Maybe he'll lend me money or give me, job, give me a job or something. So I walked to Daniel's house and uh, knocked on the door. Knock, 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 knock. Like that. No response. I was like, hello? What's happened to Daniel? It's been a while. Maybe he's dead or something. You never know. A lot of people died in 2016. Uh, that was a topical-based joke there. Fine. Um, maybe I, I don't know. I better check. So I, uh, what I did is I climbed up the facade of the building like a cat. You know the way cats climb up the facade of buildings? No, they don't. They don't actually do that. Anyway, like a cat. In, if you can imagine a cat climbing up the outside of a building... That's how I did it. All right, I climbed up like that and started licking my balls like a cat. Okay. Anyway, I climbed up to an open window and crawled through the open window. And there I was inside Daniel Lazenby Smythe's huge, uh, huge house. One of the richest men in London. I was like, where is he? Where's Daniel? And I thought, I know where he'll be. He'll be in his study where he likes to sit and drink brandy and fall asleep. And I thought, I bet he's asleep in the study. So I went in. This beautiful, ornate, uh, very traditional old building. This fantastic London property, one of the biggest properties in London. As I searched through the building, all these old uh, artifacts and uh, antiques and things like that around the place. And I finally got to his study and I went in, opened the door. That's the sound of the door opening. I opened it twice. I opened it three times. Like that. How is that possible? I opened the door three times without closing it. Anyway, I did. I opened the door four times. Like that. And I was like, what is that noise? And then I noticed there was a small dog there. I was like, oh, that, this, the dog, is it? What's the matter, dog? And the dog was like, and I said, uh, do you, what, what do you want, food? And the dog was like, sausages. And I was like, okay, right, you want sausages. Fine, this is a bizarre, the, the story's taken a bizarre turn. I was like, are you a talking dog? And the dog was like, mm? I was like, okay, never mind. Look, there's sausages in the kitchen. Go to the, go on, go to the kitchen. Go, go to the kitchen. And the dog, the dog ran off to the kitchen. I was like, right, that's that problem solved. Anyway, there in the comfy uh, seat was uh, Daniel Lazenby Smythe sleeping. You know, sleeping. Like that. That's the sound of Daniel sleeping. I was like, Daniel Lazenby Smythe. There he is. He's he's still alive. 
So I rushed over to him and I shook him by the shoulder. Daniel, Daniel, wake up. And he was like, what is it? it? What's going on? What year is it? Who's the president? And I was like, never mind. Don't ask that question. It's it's not that kind of episode. Uh, Daniel, Daniel. And he's like, who who are you? Not the face, not the face, not the face. I was like, no, no, I'm I'm your friend, Daniel. It's me, it's me, it's Luke. And he's like, Luke, Luke, Luke. Luke, I am your father. I was like, no, you're not, Daniel. No, 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 no. This isn't Star Wars. And he's like, I know I'm just playing with you. It's Luke, it's good to see you. How are you? How are you, dear boy? And I was like, I'm fine, Daniel. It's great to see you too. Oh, wow. So it's so good to see you, my old friend, Daniel Lazenby Smythe. Look, Daniel, Daniel, I've got a problem. And Daniel's like, well, what is it, Luke? What's the problem? Is it related to that pink gorilla that uh, I told you not to touch? I told you not to touch it. It's all these terrible things that have been happening in the world. It's a result of that, isn't it? I told you, you should never touch the bloody pink gorilla. I was like, I know, Daniel, I'm so sorry, but it was too tempting. And, uh, and he's like, what's that sound? Is that the police? I was like, yeah, it's, it's probably the police. It's just unrelated. It's just a coincidence, Daniel. Anyway, um, oh, God, yes. Uh, I need to catch the pink gorilla, Daniel. I need to catch him. And Daniel was like, yes, you do. You need to, you need to get that pink gorilla and, and reset the balance. We need to reset the cosmic balance, Luke. And then everything will be all right again. I was like, yeah, that's it. Deep stuff, man. The cosmic balance. Yeah, the space-time continuum. It all relates to the pink gorilla, doesn't it? And he's like, well, not really, but if you want, okay. And I was like, right, so I need to go to, I need to get to the airport. And he's like, the airport? Why? What is it? And I said, it's a big place with lots of aeroplanes. But that's not important right now. He was like, what are you talking about? And I said, it's just a joke. Never mind. I need to get to the airport. He was like, why do you need to get to the airport? Well, I need to go to, I need to, go to Tokyo. And he's like, Tokyo? Surely you can't be serious. And I said, I am serious, Daniel. Don't call me Shirley. And, I said, and he said, you, you messed up the delivery of that joke. And I was like, I know. We can try again in a minute if you like. And he said, okay, let's try it again. So why do you need to go to the airport? In Daniel's voice. Why do you need to go to the airport? And I said, I need to go to I need to go to Tokyo to hunt down the pink gorilla. And he said, Surely you can't be serious. And I said, I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. My name's Luke. Okay, fine. And he's like, What? I don't understand, Luke. Are you trying to make a joke? It's not working. Anyway, that's a joke from a movie, from an old movie in the 70s. Yes, it is. Oh, Luke, take a breath. All right, okay, so it all, it's all getting a bit too exciting, Daniel. Sorry, I'm having too much fun. Are you having fun too, Daniel? Yeah, of course I'm having fun, Luca. We always have fun when you're around. Thank you. Right, anyway, I need to go to Tokyo, Daniel. I need to get to Tokyo in the land of the rising sun because that's where the pink gorilla is. You know, I think he's gone there because, you know, of the cherry blossom or something. I don't know, but he's in Japan. I've seen it on Facebook. You know, we, we know that everything you see on Facebook is true. I think it must be true. He was like, good, good basis for decision-making, Luke. Well done. Just base your whole worldview around all of the things you see on Facebook. You can't go wrong with that. And I was like, yes, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Another slightly satirical edge to the story there. And so, well, how can I help you, Luke? What is it I can do for you? And I said, you can get your voice, you can make your voice consistent. That would help the story. Okay, Luke, I'll make my voice consistent. I'll make myself sound like a cross between a very, I'll, I'll make myself sound like a cross between Prince Charles and Gandalf. How's that? 
I said, that's good. That's, that's the kind of character we need in this story. Daniel, I need money. I'm just going to break it to you, Daniel. I need money. I need resources. I need to get to Tokyo by plane. We know that flying is expensive. It's, it's very costly uh, to my pocket and to the environment. But, uh, and he said, is that, what, is that another satirical theme, the environment? I said, no, no, it's just another attempt. Anyway, Daniel, I need money. And Daniel was like, well, I am, I am the richest man in London, one of them at least. Uh, maybe, I can, maybe I could give you the money. And I said, really? You could just give me the money? That would seem to be a bit too simple, considering this is supposed to be a dramatic story of obstacles and challenges and things. And he said, yes, that's a good point, Luke. What I should do is give you another job, right? And then you can save money over an 18-month period. And I said, that's more like it. That's the kind of stupid, nonsensical plot point that we like in stories like this. Um, and I said, right, give me a job then, Daniel. What, what do you want me to do? What can I do for you? What can I do you for? What can I do you for? And he's like, you can't do me, f- you can't do me for anything. You can, you can do something for me. And I was like, I know, it's just a joke. You've never heard that joke before, Daniel? And Daniel's like, no, I've never heard it. I've never heard that before. None of my friends have ever made that joke and I was like, well, it's because you live in the upper class society where pe- perhaps people don't do that joke, but it's a c- kind of a joke that people do. You know, what can I do you for? Yeah. And he's like, I don't, never mind. You stop explaining. Get on with it. It's like, right, give me a job, Daniel. And he's like, I know. Uh, I'll give you a job in my, uh, my zoo for endangered animals. And I was like, your, your zoo for endangered animals, that sounds familiar. It's like, yes, it, it does sound familiar, doesn't it? Because it's exactly the same thing I did in part one of this. It's a bit like the Star Wars sequel, you know? Just repeat, rehashing the same thing that you had before. And if it worked for J.J. Abrams, Luke, then it's, there's no reason why it can't work for you. And I was like, fair enough, Daniel, it's good enough for me. Um, so, all right, give me a job in the zoo for endangered animals. Uh, and Daniel's like, Luke... Maybe some of your listeners don't know about the zoo. Maybe you need, that needs to be explained. I was like, okay, Daniel, I'll let you do that. And Daniel's like, Luke, I'm a collector of very rare and endangered species. Uh, I keep them all in a, a slightly controversial zoo in the basement of my building. But trust me, Luke, and everyone else who's listening who cares about animal welfare, all the animals kept in this zoo are kept in the greatest levels of care, even though the staff is lacking. That's, there's a position available for you, Luke. Okay, and I was like, great, Daniel, great. We're on safe ground here. This worked in the last story. There's no reason why it won't work again. Right then, so what do you want me to do? Like, clean up the, the, the animal shit? Is that it? And he was like, exactly, Luke, clean up all the animal shit. And one other point, Luke, one other point. And I was like, what, are you going to tell me about some animal I shouldn't look at? And he was like, yes, exactly. There's a cage at, at the end of the corridor. And I was like, what, I shouldn't look at the cage? Well, mm-hmm. That's right, Luke. There's a cage at the end of the corridor. Don't, under any circumstances, uh, pull back the curtain. Don't look at the animal. Certainly don't touch it, Luke. Do not touch the animal, all right? Uh, Don't touch it, Luke, whatever you do. And I was like, oh, God, all right, here we go again. (laughs) Here we go again. All right, then. So I uh, started working, cleaning out the shit from the other animals, and they had he had some bizarre animals. There was a, there was a, there was a, there was a horse with no body. Uh, yeah, uh, there was a spider with no eyes. Yeah, blind spider. 
just feeling its way around the place. Creepy. Pretty creepy stuff. There was a... What else? There was a... Um, there were some other animals. There was a fox with no X at the end. A fo. There was a fo. Uh, there was a deer with no eyes. That's right. There was a deer with no eyes. And you might be thinking, how did it see, Luke? Because it had no eyes. And my answer to that was no idea. No, that's... Oh, dear. And Daniel arrived and went, Luke, you absolutely ruined that joke. Did you know that? And I was like, of course I knew that, Daniel. Let's have another go, shall we? This is, after all, your 400th episode. I'm sure that uh, your listeners are willing to forego any uh, uh, stuff. And I was like, yes. I'll start that again, Daniel. So you have a, a deer with no eyes. Uh, and Daniel's like, well, what, what do you propose we call that deer? The deer that has no eyes. A deer, by the way, is an animal like Bambi. A deer with no eyes. I was like, maybe, what shall we call it? Hmm. No idea. Right, right. Well done, Luke. Well done. Oh, I've got another deer here in the zoo that not only does it have no eyes, it also has no legs. What do you propose we call that? And I said, still no idea. Still, because it's not moving. Because it's got no legs. It's like, very good, Luke. Well done. I hope you're happy with yourself. And I was like, yeah, vaguely, fairly happy. I'm, I'm sure that lots of people didn't get that. And I'm, I imagine some people are like, oh, a deer with no legs? What? what uh, oh, you're a monster. Um, maybe. And uh, also in the zoo, there was a pig with no eyes. Yeah. And what do you call a pig with no eyes? Um, David? I don't know. No, no, no. Uh, you call a pig with no eyes? A, a pig. Right. Okay. Luke, stop telling ridiculous jokes and get down and clean the shit out of my zoo. And I was like, okay, Dan, all right. So I went down, I was cleaning the crap out of the zoo and it was back-breaking labour, but, you know, an honest job. I did that and I couldn't stop thinking about the animal in the, in the cage at the end. I was like, what is that animal? I thought, like, I probably shouldn't check it out, you know, because I've learned from my mistakes. You know, last time I did that, it caused a huge global economic crisis, not to mention... Uh, a bunch of other problems, um, damage to public property and a stupid story that my listeners enjoyed. Um, maybe I shouldn't look in it, but then, then that night I was lying in bed and I thought, oh, I just can't, I can't help it. I'm going to go down and check it out. So I walked down, 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 down into the basement. I got into the basement and then I was like, oh, no, I don't think I'll bother. And I went to bed. The next night, same thing, couldn't sleep, went down, made it all the way down into the basement. This time I went into the zoo and I was like, ah, uh, 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 never mind, I can't be bothered. Went back upstairs. Next night, couldn't sleep, went down the stairs, all the way down through the basement into the zoo. I got all the way to the end of the corridor. I was just about to approach the cage with the curtain across it and I was like, ah, oh, I can't be bothered. I'll go, I'm going to go to bed. So I went to bed. Next night, couldn't sleep. Went downstairs, all the way down into the basement, through the basement, through the zoo, all the way to the end of the corridor. Got to the, got right in front of the cage with the, uh, with the curtain in front of it. And I was about to pull the curtain back and I went, oh, never mind, I can't be bothered. I'm going to go to bed. No, I, no, I didn't. I, I put my hand out to pull the curtain back because I was so curious to know what it was that was behind the, the cage this time. And I was like, what's it going to be? Uh, and um, and I, I was about to pull the curtain back and I heard some noise in there and it was like <laughs> something sleeping. I was like, this, I'm getting a lot of deja vu here. This is very weird. Feels very familiar. <laughs> I could hear it sleeping. I was like, what is that? 
What's that beast that's sleeping behind the curtain? Like that. And then every now and then little snatches of music. If you start me up, if you start me up, they'll never stop. It's like, what? Whatever it is, it's listening to the Rolling Stones this time, not the Beatles, because it was the Beatles last time. Do you remember? You know, you don't? Fine. It doesn't matter. If you, if you start me up, if you start me up, I'll never stop. Yugoslavia. Like, what is going on behind there? Is this some Rolling Stone fan, monster, creature, weird thing? I was like, right, I've got to check it out. I whipped the curtain across. Whipped the curtain across, and there it was, a huge beast, a massive monster, huge hairy creature, a massive gorilla. But it wasn't pink this time. It was a huge green gorilla, massive, bright green, hairy brute of a gorilla. And it woke up and looked at me. And I was like, oh, oh God, what have I done? I've opened a can of worms here. Oh, dear. I thought it was going to be the pink gorilla. I thought that was going to be the end of the story. No, 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 no. The gorilla looked at me and was like... The gorilla looks at me and he, he extended his hand out towards me with his finger pointing at me. He started pointing his finger at me through the cage. I was like, I'm not going to touch you. I'm not going to touch you. And I ran away at that point. And, and as I was running, I looked back down the corridor. The green gorilla, the bright green gorilla was going absolutely mental. You could say, listeners, that he was going menthol because he was green, like green, like mint. You know, he was going absolutely menthol. Yep. Uh, he was going absolutely menthol. He was going mental, all right? He went absolutely crazy. I could see he was pulling the bars of the cage open in a rage, like that, with his finger pointing at me, like that. And I was like, oh, God. And so I ran out of the building, ran, ran all the way up through the building, ran out of the door into the street, and then the gorilla came crashing through the wall into the street. And I was like, oh, bloody hell. It's like, a, it's like an Incredible Hulk movie. Uh, I said, and one of the past, uh, 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 a, a pedestrian walking by, I was like, yes, it does uh, vaguely remind me of the Incredible Hulk series of Marvel movies, um, which is uh, interesting, Luke, considering the massive commercial success of those films. Uh, maybe um, Marvel might be interested in turning the uh, the Green Gorilla saga into a uh, into a comic book franchise, and then you'll become a multi-millionaire. Either that or or nothing. Nothing will happen. And I was like, thanks thanks for the business advice, but uh, I think I'd better run away. And he was like, I think you'd better had. Off you go. Bye. And so I legged it down the street, and the pink gorilla, the pink gorilla, no, green gorilla. Too many gorillas. Green gorilla was like leaping after me. I was like, oh God. And I grabbed a skateboard off the little kid. Like, give me the skateboard, little Johnny. And little Johnny was like, that's okay, Luke, you can have the skateboard because I don't want your listeners to think that you pulled it away from me against my will because that would make you seem bad. And you're not a bad person. You can have the skateboard. I was like, right. And he said to me, it's not going to help. I was like, what? And he said, he said, nothing. So I was like escaping on this skateboard and then the pink gorilla was chasing after me and he was on a bicycle. He'd like got one of those rental bicycles, you know, a Boris bike. So the green gorilla was coming after me on a Boris bike. and I was like, oh God, this skateboard's not going to work. So I abandoned the skateboard and I basically went through every mode of transport. Cut a long story short. I went through every mode of transport. Next thing you know, I'm on a plane. I got onto the plane. And I was like, oh, bloody hell, what am I going to do? Oh, dear, I've got to get this story over and done with. (laughs) This can't go on forever. I'm testing the patience of my listeners. Oh, dear. So anyway, I got onto the the plane, right? 
and uh and I was there on the plane and uh and uh so I was sat I sat down in the plane I was I was on there and uh the gorilla uh oh the gorilla then like latched himself onto the wing of the plane and we were f- we were about to take off and I said to the 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 air stewardess I was like excuse me um <laughs> excuse me um I was just wondering are you sure it's safe to take off because there is a huge uh there's a huge animal on the wing I don't know if you've noticed and she said oh no that's irrelevant I said it's not it's not an elephant it's a gorilla and she was like what and I and I said let's let me just run through that again with you air stewardess I said uh are you sure it's safe to take off because there is a huge animal hanging onto the wing and she said oh no no that's really not relevant and I said you mean that's irrelevant and he and she said no it's not an elephant it's a gorilla and I said just never mind go back to what you were doing it's fine she was like okay fine thank you very much um and um and I said to the man next to me and I said look it's going to be difficult to take off with the a huge uh a huge animal hanging onto the wing don't you think and the man was like oh well yeah that's a gibbon and I was like no 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 it's not a gibbon it's a gorilla and he was like excuse me what I said it's not a it's not a gibbon it's a get your primates right it's a it's a it's a gorilla and he was like what was that a joke and I was like yeah it was it was just a joke just a joke just a joke no he was like let me let me hear that again all right he was like uh he said to me look this is a bit like the russian joke isn't it it's probably best if you drop it and I was like don't say that now you'll spoil the rest of the story and I, and he said what do you mean i said never mind spoiler alert anyway um so uh, i said to him Uh don't you think it's going to be difficult to take off with a huge animal holding onto the wing and he said well yeah that's a given and I said no it's not it's a gorilla and he said look that's a terrible joke and uh, stewardess stewardess and the stewardess came over and he said look excuse me is there any chance that I could have another seat because this man keeps telling appalling jokes that no one understands and she was like yes that won't be a problem and she moved me she moved me all the way to the back of the plane so there I was at the back of the plane next thing I know Uh the plane takes off and we're flying through the air flying through the air and I was like oh this isn't so bad actually now we're off the ground uh I'm sure I'm going to be fine little did I know that the pink gorilla had a jetpack and he was flying next to the plane we landed right we landed at the north pole of course no we landed at the south pole this time why not it's a, it's another story different different events you see landed at the south pole I legged it out the gorilla legged it after me I ended up on an iceberg the gorilla jumped over and this huge bright green gorilla came towards me and and i was like okay all right just okay that's it then right that's the end of the that's the end of the joke that's the end of the joke right and you know uh he, and he came over to me and i was like wait 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 stop 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 don't do it don't tell the punchline right because we've heard this joke already it's not going to be funny and he was like no 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 it's not that kind of joke and he came over to me with his finger raised and he just went pull my finger and i was like pull my finger he's like yeah pull my finger and so i pulled his finger and he went Pfft. i was like that's it you chased me half around the half the way around the world and made all my audience listen to this just for pull my finger he's like yeah pull my finger it's just a bit of a laugh isn't it and then he wandered off and i was like really all of this was just for pull my finger i wonder if people listening to this even understand what pull my finger is you know it's that thing where you have a fart and you keep it in you hold it and then you say to someone pull my finger and they pull your finger and then you let the fart go and it's a joke 
I was like, that bloody green gorilla, all this just for pull my finger. So I chased after him. I was like, oi, green gorilla, come back here. Come back here. I need to talk to you. I've got a bone to pick with you. The green gorilla was like, all right, all right, what's the matter? No need to get all shirty. What's the matter? What can I do for you? And I was like, oh, you're remarkably friendly, aren't you? For a huge, bright green primate. And he's like, well, you know, I am. I'm a friendly primate. So what? Are you surprised? You shouldn't be. You know, we've been labelled as unfriendly, but I'm actually very nice. And I was like, okay, good. Now, maybe you can help me. Uh, I'm searching for the pink gorilla. Do you know the pink gorilla? And the, the primate was like, yeah, I do, as a matter of fact. You know, I know uh, 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 Steve. Steve? That's his name. Well, that's what I call him. Wow. Yeah, I know Steve. Yeah, he used to li- live in the cell that I was living in. You mean cage? Yeah, cell, cage. Same thing, isn't it? Prison, box. I don't know. I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I know what you mean. I don't like being trapped in boxes either. Yeah, don't put me in a box. You've got to be out. Think outside the box. If that, maybe that's the moral of this whole thing. Just think outside the box and you might find that it's a very fruitful place to be. And I was like, yes, good. Thank you for bringing this back down to reality again. Anyway, I'm trying to find the pink gorilla. And he's like, what is it, game of tag? I was like, yeah, it is a game of tag. Exactly. He tagged me in events very similar to the way that you did pull my finger. And, uh, you know, to be honest, I thought it was going to be the same thing, but it's not. Anyway, he tagged me and I now need to tag him in order to reset the space-time continuum and pay off the global debt and balance the budgets and bring everything back to normal again, all right? You know, it's one of those save the world kind of things. And he was like, right, I get it. Right, okay. Right then, well, we'll just go to Tokyo then, shall we? And he was like, and I said to him, well, that is that simple? He was like, it really is that simple if you want it to be, Luke. Because, uh, you know, this is we've been going for over an hour. So we probably would probably better wrap this up, right? And I was like, wow, you're amazing. You're, you're, you're amazing for the story. This is brilliant. You're so helpful. And he was like, yeah, I am. I am helpful, Luke. That's why I'm here. And I was like, great. Right. To the airport. So we went to the airport, jumped in a plane. Uh, the green gorilla got into his jetpack. Jetpack. No, jetpack. Got into his jetpack and we flew to Japan. We landed in Japan and... The, the thing was, right, as soon as we landed, it was bizarre because everywhere we went, there were pink gorillas everywhere. Just pink gorillas here, pink gorillas there, pink gorillas in advertising billboards, pink gorillas on TVs, pink gorilla uh, cartoons, pink gorilla manga, pink gorilla books, pink gorilla pens, pink gorilla backpacks, just pink gorillas everywhere, robot pink gorillas in shops. Just the whole place is pink gorilla and mad. Like, what is going on here? And he was like, oh, yeah, they do love multicolored primates. And Pink is the color that's in this season over here in Japan. I, you know, they, uh, they, they, they used to like green as well, but uh, it's pink now. I was like, bloody hell, how am I going to find the pink gorilla in these conditions? So we're walking around. And I noticed then that suddenly the green gorilla starts to get lots of attention. All the Japanese people are all mad about the green gorilla, like, ah, oh, green gorilla, gorilla, green gorilla. And I was like, gorilla, gorilla, la, gorilla, green gorilla. I was like, that's, that's good enough. That'll do. Fine. I don't mean to make fun of your, your accent. You're, you're trying very hard. I respect you for it. Green gorilla. And I was like, yeah, green gorilla. All right. 
And next thing you know, there's a big gang of us and we're walking around Tokyo. And it's like, this is great. I'm with the green gorilla and he's really popular here in Japan. Sure, there's the pink gorilla thing, but let's have a bit of fun while we're here in Japan. And we got a bunch of people and we're all like, let's go and do karaoke. So next thing you know, I'm going to, with the green gorilla to the karaoke bar and we're in a karaoke room and the, and the pink, the green gorilla's singing, pull my finger pull my finger you know and all the all his fans are like put my finger you know and uh, it's massive and i was like wow the green gorilla's really doing well here this is fantastic and amid all the madness and we're all drinking and singing pull, pull my finger and put my finger and uh, everyone's shouting about the green gorilla and all that stuff all through the madness i like took a break and sat back in my chair like oh this is fun Oh, but what am I going to do about this pink gorilla? Where is it? At that moment, I heard a voice, a, a deep voice from the shadows in the corner of the karaoke room. He's like, Ruku, Ruku sensei. I was like, oh, hello, who's that? Ruku, 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 put my finger. And I was like, what? And he's like, I'm just joking. I'm like, okay, very funny. <laughs> uh, and emerging from the shadows emerged this very serious, slightly slightly uh, stereotypical cliched samurai ninja guy in in the karaoke room who's like Ruku I know the location of the pink gorilla des I know the location of the pink gorilla des and I was like my name's not des and he was like that's just Japanese and I was like oh sorry and I said to him look don't put on the accent I know you can do it normally he was like yeah, okay I'll do the normal accent and I know the location of the pink gorilla. And I was like, wow, your English is really good. And in fact, you sound a lot like Daniel Lazenby Smythe. And he's like, it's just a coincidence. But I know that I'm a, I'm a wise Japanese mysterious person. Samurai kind of guy. It's a cliche. I'm sorry. And I was like, don't apologize. I'm enjoying it. And he's like, okay. I know the location of the pink gorilla. I know where he is. He's in, he's in the mountains. And he said, he's, in, he's not in Japan anymore. He's moved on. The, the Japanese public have bored of the pink gorilla now. Look. And I looked out the window and it was just green gorilla stuff everywhere. Just all the posters had changed. Everything was just all about the green gorilla. And it's just like all the commercials on TV were like, poor my finger. And it was all green gorilla madness. And he was like, look, the pink gorilla's gone now. He's not cool in Japan anymore. We've, we've moved on to the green gorilla now. And I was like, where, where is the pink gorilla then, for goodness sake? And he said, don't worry, Luke, I'll tell you. Do you he's in Tibet. He's in Tibet. Do you like Tibet? And I was like, well, you know, I don't really believe in gambling, but, you know, I enjoy going to the casino as much as anyone. And he was like, excuse me? And I said, Tibet. I quite like Tibet sometimes. He was like, no, 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 the, no, don't stop doing that, please. Uh, the country, the country, Tibet. Do you know, do you like Tibet? And I was like, oh, I see, I see. Uh, yeah, it's all right. And he's like, well, that's where the pink gorilla is. He's gone to, to Tibet. He's become a monk, right? And I was like, really? That doesn't sound very fun. Because, you know, after all, how much fun do monks have? And he was like, is this a joke, Luke? It feels like it's going to be a joke. And I was like, maybe it's a joke. Just go with it. He was like, all right. What was the question? And I said, how much fun do monks have? And he said, I don't know. And I was like, none. And he said, come on, just let's go to the airport. 
And so we went to the airport and we flew to Tibet because that's where the pink gorilla was. And uh, the samurai guy, who probably should have a name, so I was like, excuse me, Mr. Mysterious Japanese uh, man who's helping the plot, uh, plot man, um, story guy, uh, what's your name? And he's like, my name is... Uh, my name is not important. And I was like, fair enough. Good. Keep the mystery. I like it. I like your style. Keep the mystery moving at all. T- keep it mysterious. I like that. He was like, yeah, the ladies like that too. And I was like, I bet they do. I bet they do. You're a handsome guy. Anyway, what about this gorilla? And he was like, right. The gorilla is at the top of the mountain. The t- at the top of the highest mountain. You mean Mount Everest? No. He's like, no. That's, a, that's just the Illuminati. They made you think that it was Everest. It's actually, there's a bigger mountain. I was like, oh, come on. Don't give me that Illuminati crap. And he was like, all right. Okay, no, it's just a big mountain. All right. He's at the top of the mountain. And he was like, let's go. So we get on these donkeys and we rode to the bottom of the mountain. And he was like, there you go, Luke. There's the mountain. And now my work here is done. And I was like, looked up at the mountain. I thought, oh my God, how am I going to climb that? And I turned around and I said, how am I going to climb... And he'd gone. He'd disappeared in a in a mist of uh, miso soup. <laughs> and uh, and I thought, oh, that's a a pity that he had to go in in such a cliched manner, isn't it? Anyway, um, so I thought, right, I'm going to have to climb up to the top of this mountain. Time for a language learning metaphor. I thought, time for a language learning metaphor. How can I climb to the top of the mountain? And I thought, well, it's a bit like learning a language, isn't it? You just keep going. You just don't stop, and you do it one step at a time, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's exactly what I did, and I climbed up one step at a time. And by the time I got to the top, I'd learnt 19 languages um, and forgotten them. You know, that's how long it took. I went all the way through many ages of man all the way through and I learned all the languages and forgot them all and came back to normal again and finally got to the top of the mountain and there it was this serene Buddhist temple and uh, one big building and I walked into the temple and there floating in the air above the above his meditation uh, mat on the floor there was the pink gorilla and what an incredible sight it was as well he was meditating and hovering in the air, and I, I, I was like, oh my God, this, this is it. There he is. He, he was almost shining in the brilliance of his pink splendor. And I was like, blimey, that's amazing. I'm really glad to see him. It's fantastic. I thought, this is it. Finally, we're going to get to the end of this story. Although, I, to be honest, I have been enjoying it. Uh, so I went over to the pink gorilla, and he had his eyes closed, floating there, just in, just in front of me. And I was like, this seems too good to be true. It just seems far too good to be true. I can't, you know, and and, I, and so um, I finally plucked up the courage. And I was like, right, that's it. Time to, time to touch him and tag him. And then he'll be it. Because remember, I'm playing a huge cosmic game of tag. Remember that. So I was like, this seems too good to be true. He's just, he's got his eyes closed. He seems to be asleep. This is going to be too easy. So I reached out my arm and I touched him just on the shoulder, and I went, tag, you're it. And to be honest, it was it was a little disappointing because I thought that seemed a bit too easy, even though obviously I had lots of challenges. But at the end, it seemed to be too easy. I just could reach out my arm and just tapped him on the, sol- on the shoulder. I tapped him, tag, you're it. And he opened his eyes very slowly. And with this kind of benevolent look on his face, he said, well, Luke, 
we are all it. And I was like, what? He said, we are all it. We're all part of the universal it, aren't we? And with that, he went, um, and I went, um, what are you talking about? And he was like, we are all part of the universal consciousness, Luke. And ultimately, what you must realize is the cosmic game of tag is not really a, uh, uh, you're not really chasing after a, a pink gorilla or a metaphysical pink gorilla. What you're really doing is chasing after yourself. And I was like, wow, that's deep and meaningful, isn't it? Even though I don't really know what it means, but it sounds impressive. And he was like, yes, and he, uh, yes, that we are all ultimately uh, chasing after our own uh, tail, aren't we? And I was like, speak for yourself, monkey man. I don't have a tail. And he's like, well, technically you do. You have a coccyx. It's a small bone at the base of your spine, which could be regarded as, as a tail. And I was like, fair enough. Okay, I don't uh, judge you for your knowledge of uh, the, f- the, the human body. Um, and I said to him, what happened to your accent? Last time we spoke, you were a cockney like that. You were like a sort of cockney guy. And he was like, well, well, I've, I've, I have achieved almost total consciousness, Luke, over the years. In fact, um, since, uh, since I tagged you, uh, that was the, one of the last stages in my ascension to, towards Nirvana. And I was like, oh, right, really? He's like, yes. Uh, the only thing left for me to do was to come here to the Buddhist temple and meditate and uh, I've, I've lost my accent and I'm just one step away from achieving total uh, nirvana. And I was like, what is it? Is it Dave Grohl? He's too busy with the Foo Fighters. He was like, no, Luke, don't be facetious. That's that's disrespectful for the to the Buddhist uh, philosophy. And I was like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. It's just I, I'm a compulsive joke teller. And he's like, that's fine, Luke. Your your listeners enjoy it most of the time. And I was like, okay. And he, and he said, uh, yes, in fact, uh, I just have one thing left to understand and then I will achieve total consciousness and I think you're going to be able to help me with it, Luke. And, and he said, let's walk with me in the gardens. So we walked through the gardens. It was very peaceful and spiritual and uh, there b- below us, you could see the, the whole world pretty much because we were in the, high, the top of the mountain, you know, so we're looking down upon the valleys all around. It was incredibly serene and peaceful moment. And there was a, a little food stall, and the, the pink gorilla turned to me and said, Luke, are you hungry? Do you feel pangs of hunger? You've made a long journey to get here. You must be hungry. Uh, and I was like, yes, actually, technically, I'm very hungry. And to be honest, I need the toilet as well, because uh, you know, I haven't been to the toilet at all during this story. And the pink gorilla was like, yes, that's often the way, isn't it, in, in stories like this? There's never a scene where the protagonist uses the toilet, which I always find surprising, except in certain Quentin Tarantino films like Pulp Fiction. There's a couple of scenes in the toilet there, isn't there? And I was like, yes, but that is an exception. He's like, maybe you could go to the toilet, wash your hands and come back and join me for a bite to eat. And I was like, great. So I sort of floated over to the toilet and did my business and came back and was all ready again. And, and, and it was like, right, Luke, here we are at the, uh, the holy uh, hot dog stand. Obviously, they're vegetarian hot dogs. We use corn to make hot dogs. And I was like, fair enough. Groovy, man. And he said, Luke, just to ask for your hot dog. And I said, why do I feel like a joke is coming? I don't know. And he said, mm, I'm getting that sensation as well. I don't know about your listeners. And I was like, what do you mean, listeners? And he said, the people listening to this. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. It's, <laughs> it's a podcast. Um, 
though. He said, just choose a hot dog, Luke. You can choose any toppings you like. What would you like? And I said to him, well, make me one with everything. And he went, that was the joke, wasn't it? And I said, yes, yes, uh, uh, that's right. <laughs> he said, oh, okay, I get it, Luke. It's a sort of a Buddhist joke. Make me one with everything. What you're, what you're saying is, give me a hot dog with all the toppings, but also I'd like you to give me universal, universal consciousness. Make me one with everything. And I said, yes, <laughs> just make me one with everything. And he said, do you really want one with all the toppings or did you just say that for the joke? And I, was, and I said, just for the joke, I'll, I'll, I'll just have cheese. That's fine. And he, he went, okay, there you go. So we sat down in the garden and we ate our lunch and he turned to me and he said, so Luke, this final step in my search for consciousness is we're only one step away and I know that when I do make that leap to Nirvana that that will be a, uh, a turning point in the fortunes of the entire world and the pendulum shall swing back to the resting position and the planets will align and the space-time continuum will reset and the, all of the global economic issues will be resolved. The balance will finally be set back to a level position. The budget deficit will be written off. And all of the world's problems will cease. And everyone shall live in peace forever. And I was like, that sounds amazing, Mr. Pink Gorilla. Uh, what is it that you need to know? And he said, well, Luke, there's just this one thing that's been bothering me these, 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 these uh, last few months and years. And, and I said, what is it? And he said, well... Uh, what is what is the Russian joke? And I and I went no no, and then ran away screaming. I le I left the temple and ran down the stairs. I ran all the way back to the airport, back onto a plane, ah, like that, all the way back to London. I got on the Eurostar and uh, got back into Paris, and I made my way back up to my apartment where I live, and I put my key in the door. I came in to the flat and there was my wife and she came over to me and gave me a kiss and she said, hello, darling, how are you? And I said, fine, thanks. I'm so happy to be home. And she said, did you have a good day? And I was like, yeah, just a normal day, really. And she said, what did you do? And I said, well, I just recorded an episode of my podcast. And that was the end of the story. And that is the end of uh, the sequel to The Pink Gorilla Story. Thank you very much for listening. And here at the end of episode 400, I just want to say that I'm very happy. I enjoyed that. I hope you did too. If you managed to make it all the way through to the end of this, then, you know, thanks for listening. And, um, you know, let's keep going. Uh, I'll be speaking to you in episode number 401 very soon. But for now, it's time to say... Goodbye, bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.